Um, so if you want to turn your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5, uh, verses 16 to 23, we're going to go through. Uh, so Galatians 5, verse 16 to 23. I'll have it up on the, the backboard as, as well. I'm sorry if that's a bit hard to read, um, but hopefully you've got a Bible in front of you that you can read yourself as well. Um, so let's go through it. So this is the last last sermon of this series, I do believe. So we've gone through pretty much every other uh, fruit of the Spirit so far. So we're, we're talking about peace this morning. So, verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalry, dissensions, divisions, drunkenness, uh, orgies, and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Excuse me. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. Against such things there is no law. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word speaks to us. Thank you that it teaches us, it edifies us, it, it guides us. It brings us life, Lord God. So I just pray that this, the, this message this morning, as we go through your word, that you would just bring life to us, that you would speak to us, that your presence would be here. We invite you now to be amongst us, Lord. We want you here. We love you. This is about you this morning, and we want to give you praise. Amen. So you would have noticed I didn't just do the one kind of verse or two that said, Uh, the fruit of the Spirit. I wanted to put it in a bit of context. Being that it's the last one of our series, I wanted to kind of do a little bit of an overview to some degree of what um, Paul's trying to do here as well as talk about peace. And I I read it in in full on purpose because it's actually really important that we do this because I actually think we, we tend to miss a little bit about what he's talking about with the fruit of the Spirit if we don't talk about the rest of the passage that it's actually in. It's just context. And what, hap- what is happening here, you might, you'll notice it. It doesn't take a genius to see it. What's happening here is that Paul is he's actually he's contrasting two different types of fruit. He doesn't name one fruit, but I, for the sake of it, I, I'm, I'll, I'll explain it in a sec. But he's, he's contrasting two different kinds of fruit here. He's contrasting the two different kind of outcomes that can happen that originate from kind of almost two different trees in a way. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's contrasting the fruit of the flesh. Doesn't use those words, but he's that big list that said the flesh, um, those who walk by the flesh, they will do these things type of thing. So it's kind of the fruit of the flesh for the sake of the conversation and the fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the flesh, fruit of the Spirit. He's contrasting what naturally happens if someone is walking and living by the flesh, and what naturally tends to happen when someone is walking and living by the Spirit. 
And I use the word walking because you look in in verse 16, it says, But I say, walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. So there's two different ways we can walk in life, and, and he's contrasting these two different things. Someone who walks purely by the flesh, which is kind of like our primal, sinful, kind of skewed side of us. It's kind of our sinful nature. The people that that walk by this will naturally create works like sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, and so on and and, and so forth. We we tend to, these are the natural outcomes of someone walking and being led by the flesh. They are the type of things that happen. It's kind of what you could call the fruit of the flesh. It's the natural outcome that comes from a tree that's rooted in the flesh. Whereas the natural kind of outcome of the person who, who knows God, who has relationship with Him and is kind of seeking Him in, in humility and is walking and living by the Spirit, more and more what we see in that person, the person that's denying their flesh and they're, trying, they're, they're, they're walking by the Spirit, the nat- more natural outcome is things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. They're kind of the natural product that starts to come out. It starts to come out. So he's contrasting two different kinds of things here, two different fruit, two different ways to live, two different outcomes of these different ways of life, and one via the flesh and one via the Spirit of God. Excuse me. And I think it's important to, to notice here what he's doing. It's important to note that these two different kinds of fruit They're not just something that we try to do with all of our willpower and might. We do put a bit of willpower in it, but it's not sheerly just something that we try to do. But they're kind of a natural thing that starts to flow out of us when we're rooted either in the flesh or in the spirit. It's a natural thing. This is a a bit of a stupid example, but who here likes ice cream? Go on, yeah, put your hand. I know, even if you're lactose intolerant, do you like ice cream? Yeah. <laughs> you didn't really have to really try to like that, did you? Like, you're kind of like, that's just a natural outpouring. I love ice cream. I love chocolate or I love lollies, these types of things. It kind of, you didn't have to really try super hard to get there. My heart already enjoys it, and I just eat it. It's not a chore. But... You think of kind of one of the fruit of, fruit of the flesh, impurity, someone, something that's listed in this fruit of the flesh. If, if we're driven and guided in life by our sinful flesh and not, not the spirit, by our sinful flesh, if we're led by that, then we don't have to really try to be impure, right? It kind of starts to happen. We begin to be impure. It comes quite naturally. If we are driven by our selfish, sinful desires, by our flesh, then it's not going to take much of a struggle to be impure. It's not going to take much to do a bunch of these things that he, he lists off. Hopefully that makes sense. And then the, the same goes for the fruit of the Spirit. Say, for instance, kindness. Kindness. I'm, if I'm being fundamentally led, if I'm, if I'm walking by 
the Spirit, if I'm walking by the Holy Spirit in my life, in our life, where my goal is Him, where I'm denying my flesh, the, uh, and I'm rooted in the Spirit, the more and more that I end up spending time with Him, that I walk by that, that's my source of life, I'll end up becoming more of a kind person. God will change me. He will go and change you. It'll naturally overflow here. There's a sense in which you don't need to purely just try by yourself is probably what I'm getting at. You don't need to just try to be kind because God is just making you a kinder person. He's making, he's changing you from the inside out. And what I'm getting at is that it's not, is that in the fruit of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit, these two different things, they're not just bad and nice things that we try really hard to do. Because, say for instance, the fruit of the Spirit, we don't try to just be loving and joyful. We do, but that isn't the main complete goal. He isn't writing this so we can just try to do some works and do some good things because we know that's the right thing to do. It's not bad. I'm not saying that's bad. That's not the heart of it. The heart of it is that we actually need to walk by the Spirit, and then we start to become and do these fruit of the Spirit. We start to bear that fruit. Does that make sense? Are you with me? Cool. And I thought this would be really helpful for peace today, as we talk about peace. Um, and when you think of peace, there's, I don't know, I think of like a, a harmony type thing thing, but you look, at, you look at the Bible, particularly in kind of the Old Testament, the word for peace is shalom, and it's this idea of wholeness and completeness, wholeness and completeness, shalom, where everything's put together, it's put together and it's whole, it's functioning, and it's doing well. Again, another silly example, but you think about, in a way, if anyone ever bought a new car, some of us have bought a new car. I haven't. And, but you, in my mind, you'd expect for it to have a sense of shalom, a sense of completeness. You don't just hop into the car and then all of a sudden there's no kind of passenger seat. You're just like, what the heck? Where did that? Like, it's, it's broken. You don't expect to get into the car, turn it on, and then the starter motor doesn't work or that it's uh, like you're missing a wheel or you're missing uh, your brakes and things like that. You don't expect that. It's got a, it's got a sense of completeness together. Opposite of peace, though, is brokenness. It would have to be brokenness. If we've got completeness and wholeness, then we've got brokenness, this idea of something being fractured. It's a bit like a broken bone. The bone, I've broken both of my wrists, unfortunately, in my life, and a rib playing handball. (laughs) And, um, at, there's a one point that my wrist was complete. It, was, it, w- it had a sense of shalom, of peace and wholeness, and I broke it, and then it was fractured. There's something wrong with it, and it takes time for it to get fixed. <clears throat> and you think about a time where you felt peace, yeah? Where you felt peace, where things are good, and there's nothing to work out. There's nothing to kind of fix. It's just a moment of like, Ah, things are good. Things are good. And it's a beautiful thing, right? 
It's a feeling of completeness and home, wholeness for that moment. But unfortunately, the, the reality sometimes is that we, we seldom experience peace in our lives in this kind of way, yeah? I don't know about you guys, but it's not, we don't really see this to its completeness in our lives, to its full extent. We live in an often not very peaceful world. It doesn't take long to turn on social media or the TV or the news or whatever it is or any kind of show really and to see that we don't live in a peaceful world at the moment. We don't live in a complete and whole world. We live in quite a broken world. It's gone wrong. Something's happened. It's not peaceful. It's not shalom. And in, in a way, you could say that the fruit of the flesh, using our example before, the fruit of the flesh is brokenness here. It's brokenness. It's not peace. It's the opposite of what the Spirit wants. The natural outcome of a life lived for self for our sinful kind of fleshy desires, our nature, is brokenness. It's not peace. It's the opposite. It's, it is a fruit of the flesh. It doesn't take a genius to see this, even in your own life and in the lives of those around us. When we tend to follow the flesh, it brings brokenness. It brings destruction. It does not bring peace. It begins to fracture things over and over. <clears throat> Whereas when we live by the Spirit, we are a part of bringing wholeness and completeness, this peace, this shalom to a fractured world. Yeah, that's one of the big things we're called to do as Christians, is that we actually come, like first and foremost, we want to preach the gospel. And I'm going to get to this in a minute, but we, we preach the gospel and we, we want people to know Jesus because they don't have this peace. They're fractured. There's something wrong, and they need a Savior. And this is why we do this. We can be a part of being peacemakers. But this isn't just applied to the world around us and our mission, but I think it, it, it really fundamentally can apply to us because we're broken. We're not complete. We don't, as we've already said, we don't experience this completeness, this peace all the time. We can sense that something's not right. We can sense that something is not right. And this is what we see is kind of a big overarching theme of the Bible. It's really cool. It's kind of like redemptive history. We see that God, He, he made this world and it was good. Things were in a state of shalom. It was good. He made us and it was very good. We had this state of peace, this shalom between us and the Father. We had this completeness and it was good. It was good. And then we see, however, that sin comes into the world. We broke this peace with God through trying to be like God. And what that kind of means is that we wanted to, to transcend our humanity. We wanted to be like God or a God. We wanted to, to kind of make up whatever we wanted life to be about despite Him. We wanted to make up what is right and wrong without Him. We wanted to be like Him. We wanted to put ourselves where He should only be. And what this did, and it, it fractured things. It's the opposite of shalom. It broke it. It reversed it in a way. We sinned. It broke the shalom. It broke this peace that humanity and creation had with God. 
And you could say in a way that we became, I like this word, it's probably not grammatically correct, but fleshy. We became fleshy. We became kind of more, we, we brought this tension in of, of, of living by our flesh and the, and the brokenness that that can bring. We, start, we decided to live by the flesh and the fruit of living by that flesh was brokenness. We broke this shalom, this peace. And, it's, and all these things that Paul talks about, are kind of the, the fruit of living for ourselves, to try to be like God. But thankfully, what we see in redemptive history is like we've, we, we start out well, we've got peace, we break it by, by um, sinning, by, by following the flesh, by um, becoming our own God. But then God just doesn't leave us there, yeah? He doesn't just leave us there to kind of our own devices. He doesn't abandon you and I. He never did. He just doesn't go, okay, well, you can, you can just live in your own peaceful state. No, God promised to bring peace again between humanity and Him. He promised to bring peace between us. And you can read most of the Bible and you'll see this is a big overarching story. But and we see this, this namely come in Jesus. We see all throughout the Old Testament that God has this plan of redemption and He uses different people and times and things like that. But the biggest kind of crescendo we see to date is Jesus dying on the cross. Is that He is so much about bringing peace between us and Him and bringing peace in our, in our own lives, in our fractured, broken lives, that He would die on the cross for you and I. That he would make a way to bring this peace, to bring this wholeness, to bring together what is fractured and broken. But the thing is that we don't often, I said this at the start, we don't often feel this all the time, yeah? If we're honest, we don't always feel peaceful. We don't always feel whole and complete. Many of us know Jesus and we have a relationship with him, but it still sometimes feels like things aren't still exactly how they should be. We still sense to some degree that is, there's something wrong in our world, that there's something wrong with me, or that I keep just getting um, sucked into to, to, to living by my flesh. We sense that sometimes. And we have this peace with God, and we do experience it. But in real time, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't always feel there. We don't feel complete and whole. We still struggle with many things. And it's this, there isn't this kind of shalom there all the time. And there's kind of this, this now-but-not-yet nature of this peace of this fruit of the Spirit. It's like we have it and we experience it. We can experience it to varying different degrees, but we don't feel it in full. We don't feel it in full right now. It's like we're a fractured bone and God is he's healing us. He's bringing wholeness to us. But it isn't instant usually. It isn't instant. It takes time. In our case, it could probably take most of our lifetime if not into when we're to be with Jesus. It takes a long time. 
We're, we're broken, but God is he's healing us bit by bit. It's like a continual bringing of peace in our lives as we live by the Spirit, as we follow Him. He restores us bit by bit. We become more and more whole as we deny the flesh and as we walk by the Spirit. We, be- we begin to feel in real time this peace. But it isn't always complete in this life. And we know that God really does work in us. And sometimes it's hard to see because it's gradual and there's, life can be a struggle. I'm sure some of you would know that. It can be a struggle and you're kind of like, all right, have I gotten anywhere? But sure of it, you have. Often it's so slow. I found this in my own life. It's just like, oh man, I feel like I'm not getting anywhere. And then it's often uh, a lovely wife or a friend that kind of goes, hey, do you remember like when you were back here? And uh, yeah, you were, you, were, you were quite different. And now you're, you're here and God's actually done that for you. It, it's real. It's real. He does work in our lives. But it's just not as instant as we'd like sometimes. We have this kind of citizenship in heaven, I look at it, with God, where we know we have that peace with Him, but we're still kind of in this broken world. So we feel that disconnect sometimes, but He is working with us. And hopefully this is making sense, but what I'm getting at is that if that's true and we kind of don't feel it all the time and we're not experiencing it to to 100% of the degree that we would like, understandably, then what this, what this kind of points out to me and you know, what I think um, Paul is, is really getting at here is that we should all the more want to walk this life by the Spirit of God. We should all the more want to walk with Him that we can experience that change, so we can experience that peace, so that even if we are in a pretty horrible situation, that we can have a sense of undergirding peace, a sense of wholeness from God, even during the hardest times. That even as we're struggling with some sort of sin or we're struggling with something in our lives, that the answer isn't to continue to to go to the flesh, but to go to walk and live by the Spirit, as Paul says. That we can we can break free from this, that we can become a people that are more loving, that are more joyful, that are that have this peace for ourselves that we can share around as well. But I I kind of wanted to end on this a little bit, is that I don't think this Walking by the Spirit is a very passive thing. I don't think it's, and what I mean by that is that you kind of just sit back and you just wait for it to happen. I just don't think it's like that. You don't see that. Otherwise, I don't think you would use, Paul would use the actual language of walking. Do you know what I mean? It takes motion. It takes um, proactivity to actually walk, to go forward. And He's not saying that we take this and kind of go, you need to walk by the Spirit and that's all by your might. I already made the point that this isn't something that we try to do with everything within us and we just try. He's not saying that, but he's not saying don't 
he's not saying just sit and wait back as if it's just going to happen. And I believe what we need to find the middle ground here, and that's to partner with God, is that we are proactive. He does do the work in us. He, he, felt, he forms and shapes us. He makes us. He, he brings this wholeness and completeness, this peace. But it doesn't happen by us just trying our hardest or by sitting back. It's by us trying with God. It's with us partnering with Him. He does the work. He doesn't want us to just sit back. And that's a crazy thing if you think about it. What a cool thing that we can actually, like, I'm not even saying that we have, like, this huge part in, in this, but that he would actually want us to be a part of this. That he didn't go just go, bing, and then we're just perfect. He's just like, no, I'm in the mess. I'm with you. I'm with you as you go, as you walk by the Spirit, as you want to deny the flesh. As you continue to do that, I am there but don't try on your own strength. Don't sit back as if nothing's, as if it's just going to happen. We need to be proactive. We need to walk with God. Walk by the Spirit. So I'm going to invite um, the team to come out now. Um, and I just want to encourage us this morning. I know I've probably covered a little bit and it's been a bit all over the place, but hopefully this, this kind of made sense. Jesus, he says in, in John 14, verse 27, he says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. <clears throat> and what I get from this is that God has left us his peace. He wants to give us peace he, in, in a sense of this shalom. He wants to bring wholeness to us. He wants to bring completeness. But we need to be a part of that. We need to choose it. We need to partner with Him. We need to seek Him. We need to want this peace. And we need to deny our sinful flesh and the fruit that that can bring. And that takes time, I know. But we need to want to do this. We need to hunger for it. If we don't want to be a part of the brokenness of our world, we need to hunger for the opposite. We need to hunger for completeness, for peace, for loving Jesus. So my question for us this morning, well, really the challenge for us this morning, for myself, for each of us in this room, no matter how long we've been a Christian or if we're very new to it, is what is driving us day to day? I know we, many of us will be very aware of the struggle between the flesh and walking by the Spirit, but is there a particular thing that you're more geared to over day? Have you slipped, if you're a person that's slipped into walking by the flesh and you just, it's been a long time since you've been hanging out with Jesus, I just challenge you this morning that this is a place where we can come as, as the church family to, to come back to God. And surrender, that we can come back to Him in humility. And if you're just struggling with your flesh, that tension, we can, we can pray for you this morning. I encourage you to pray as well. Spend some time with Jesus to walk by the Spirit this morning. And there is a real sense that when we surrender to God, despite our struggles, despite 
the feeling of not peace that I, I know he will bring peace for us. We'll have a sense of it's okay. Yeah, I'm bringing peace into your life. And if you're really wanting that this morning, I really encourage you to come up for prayer. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you uh, so much that you bring peace in our lives, that you bring wholeness. Lord, that you haven't just left us to our own devices, Lord, and that you haven't abandoned us, but you are so active, so active that you sent your own son to die, Lord. You're so active in that to bring us peace that you would do that. And Lord, I'm so sorry, and we're so sorry if we've taken that for granted and that we haven't chosen peace, that we haven't chosen you, Lord. In our day-to-day, Lord, would you strengthen us? Would you help us to walk with you? And Lord, would you, we just come before you this morning and surrender. In humility, Lord God, because we want to know you. We want to know this peace and we want to take it to the world. Amen.